friends, big energy. Welcome to episode 20, episode 20 of Rug Radio and NFTs Beyond the Floor with me, Ben the Greek, at the NFT 101, your host. Episode 20, in the blink of an eye, following 19 incredible episodes, if I do say so myself, all now available as a collection of podcasts via Spotify, Apple Music, all the other platforms. Go there now, follow, download, listen back at your leisure. We have started a comprehensive breakdown of Web3 progression as told by the builders, the artists, the founders, the projects with real intent. We delve deep into some of the most exciting projects in the space to bring you a show that moves away from the review of the markets and NFT gossip. Our focus remains on the importance of storytelling and narrative in the Web3 space, uh, a narrative that will make your project unmissable. Um, I open this series every Monday and Thursday at the same time, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 midday Eastern and 5 p.m. here in the UK. Today on my panel, we have Clemente. How are you doing, Clemente? <laughs> GM, GM, excited. Happy to be here. Hey, man. And Bex. Hey, Bex. GM, GM, how you doing? Very well. Back from a week off. Nice time. Um, yes, I was... Uh, Manning a traditional art fair. Ah, like the good old days. Yeah, exactly. Even though my my hubby who was exhibiting was actually selling NFTs as well. Yeah, it, the 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 take up for that is um, slow, should we say? It's a new world for a lot of art, traditional art people, but really interesting to kind of see how that played out. So yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Well, good to have you up. Um, on Monday, we met with the Buddha Brothers team to discuss a kind of like a space first, really, an altruistic project. Uh, with utility that supports non-profit organizations and blockchain donating and rewards people for their generosity. A really, really interesting project, Um, perhaps a bit ahead of its time, if I'm honest. I think one of the things they will really, really struggle with is telling that story and really helping people like uh, understand what it is they're trying to achieve. And they're looking to build out this whole big ecosystem. It was, um, yeah, very, very interesting. And today... We're meeting uh, the founders of a project that I have seen loads of, but know very little about. Um, As a creeps holder, shout out to all my creeps in the space. Uh, Yeah, as a creeps holder, I've kind of, (laughs) I've seen many of my creep chums and they all hold and have really been taken by this project. Um, And in fact, I think the founders of both creeps and this project are friends in and out of web3 so yeah really really excited to hear cryptoria is a vc backed immersive map based blockchain game there you go so welcome tom and will from cryptoria hello guys ben hi hey hi thank you thank you for uh, having us on thank you for such a an amazing intro and well done on your 20th episode thank you that's pretty exciting flown by absolutely flown by it's uh it's very very cool i've got some a little bit of bad news unfortunately tom will not be joining Ah! uh, today he's 
he's had something pop up um, with his family. So you have the pleasure of me for the entirety of the show. Well, I'm sure we are all honoured and privileged. And uh, I'm very, very pleased to invite you up. Thanks. Just um, very quick admin. The format of these spaces is intended to be pretty open. Uh, I have our panel of speakers. Um, I have our guest which is you today. Hello. And uh, and we'll have like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of chat before I then look to invite a number of people up from the audience to give a view or ask a question. Before we get going, people, do me a favour. Get up into that little arrow at the top of the spaces and share this out with your followers and then head down to the little purple lozenge in the bottom right-hand corner and drop us a comment in here. Hit your uh, reactions Keep it going throughout because it really does help the algorithm of the spaces, as told by my good friend Juice. So, uh, everyone, um, let's get going. Best place to start always. Will, if you want to introduce yourself, your background, um, and then perhaps uh, the background and, you know, concept behind Cryptoria. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, I have been working in tech uh, for the last 10 years. I uh, live and work in London. Uh, quite fun to be on a, what sounds like a fellow Brit panel, I noticed as we were going through everyone. Um, so yeah, I've been working in tech. Started out that journey in very young, early stage businesses. I'm really helping them kind of get off the ground, scale them, grow them, uh, move to the other side of the table on to, into a VC. Um, so we were then backing those businesses, uh, kind of building on that experience I'd, I'd earned from within. And after a little while, I moved over to um, a company here in the UK um, called Nutmeg. And, and we built that business to become Europe's largest and fastest growing digital investment manager. Um, we, we introduced a service um, which unlocked the ability for people across society to have their savings professionally overseen. Um, and I think there's some incredible parallels actually with what we built there versus what blockchain can do and, and is doing. And we can go further down uh, that path later on. Um, but we, we um, built that up and we sold that business last year um, to a big US institution. And that kind of coincided with me becoming more and more immersed in Web3. I mean, I dabbled in crypto all the way back in um, 16. Uh, I got burnt in 2018 alongside a lot of other people. And that's often in life when, when those um, moments happen, you kind of sit back and you wonder, why did you get burned? What, what went wrong? And for me, when things don't go to plan, um, my natural reaction is working out why didn't it go to plan, um, taking myself off learning. And that was really the where I started taking on the info um, and getting that kind of knowledge about what is a blockchain? What is a cryptocurrency? What is this infrastructure and foundation that we're building? And and obviously last year in, in 21, we saw that really come to the forefront and NFTs really smash onto the scene. And so when I um, left Nutmeg last year, it really coincided with the space booming up and, and coming to, you know, to the front page of a lot of um, what we were all interacting with. And what became just more and more clear um, to myself and, and to Tom, Tom, um, the other co-founder of Cryptora, been friends for 10 years, um, close friends for 10 years, and always talking about you know, what's going on and um, upcoming technologies and um, exciting businesses and areas and sectors. And, 
And we were looking at it. It's, it's amazing the opportunity here that a blockchain and um, the associated infrastructure can um, can really bring about into society, unlocking so many areas. And and we saw at the time um, the NFT space specifically how projects were coming up and um, splurging onto the scene and often, as we all know, big pump and dumps, um, no real underpinnings or foundation to them and not around for very long. And we, we said, you know, we think there's no way to do this. We think there's a way to the spirit of Web3, the spirit of what <clears throat> chain is, is really about. Look at the areas where it can provide some incredible disruption and unlocking of value and and progression for us all. And one of those areas, in our opinion, is in gaming. And um, why? Because up until now, those of us who are gamers, and there are 3 billion in the world, um, you have bought a game, you've purchased a game, you've spent 40, 50, $60 on, on Call of Duty, you've often made those in-game purchases a new gun a new skin a new weapon whatever it might be but you don't own any of it you don't own any of those assets any of those digital assets in there and nfts um, open up the door to um, that individual ownership and so we thought this was an area ripe for um, not necessarily disruption but evolution and it was tom and i are both um, into it as well into gaming and we thought this is where we want to do something differently so um, that was the kind of the background of how we got into the space and kind of observed it. And <clears throat> at the beginning of this year, we um, decided on the kind of angle and approach we wanted to go down. And we went and sought funding. Uh, we raised um, half a million dollars to go and build out what has become Cryptoria. And Cryptoria, uh, at its very core, our mission is to become the number one blockchain-based RTS game, real-time strategy game. There are a lot more avenues um, that sit alongside that, a lot more parallels that we're working on, uh, but that is at its core what Cryptoria is. And so we went and raised the cash and we started building. We started building in March. And over that time, we uh, built up a world in Unity that we have, a real virtual world. Everybody said they were going to go and build a world in the metaverse, we won't, but we went and built that world. We went and built the platform um, that is... You can see on the Cryptoria site, and we're rolling that out as we speak in anticipation of the game um, in a few weeks' time. And we delivered three collections. We delivered uh, the citizens, we delivered uh, the land NFTs, and we delivered the weapons. Fantastic. And uh, and I think it's great to get that overview, particularly of you and your background. I mean, that is, um, that's a really, really impressive kind of resume. And uh, thanks for sharing that with us. The game itself sounds amazing. Thank you so much for clarifying what RTS stands for, because I didn't have a bloody clue. Um, and uh, that's also been really helpful. Tell me about storytelling, right? Because storytelling is really, really important to this show. Um, it is uh, our kind of conviction that projects with a great narrative are the ones that will go on to transcend the space. What does storytelling mean to you guys? Oh, it's, it's fundamental. It's really, really fundamental. And storytelling has been around since the dawn of humanity, right? And we all coalesce around stories, shared experiences, <clears throat> having something core and central for us to get excited about, to get behind, to share with one another, to share those experiences. And if you don't have a story, what is that core part of that journey together? So for us, it's massive. It's massive 
in terms of the foundations of um, Cryptoria, the bedrock of our world. Um, it's a big part of demonstrating the ideals that we stand for as well, that we intertwine into that story. Um, it's also quite interesting for commercial opportunities for the holders, but that's a kind of separate topic. Um, and the way that we kind of embody all of this and bring that foundation of a story to light and allow all of our holders and those in the community to experience is we do, for example, weekly videos. So at the moment we are putting out two to two and a half minute videos each week <clears throat> as part of an ongoing series to bring the world of Cryptoria to life. Okay, and what is the backstory? How did Cryptoria come about? Where did it come from? What have the, the citizens been doing there? How's it evolving? And, and all of this, this kind of detail and granularity to it gives us all that core centerpiece to rally around. And the reception for the videos has been amazing. Um, I know that Alex has um, really loved pulling together the, the detail of the lore and the symbolism and, and the actual animations them, themselves. And as a byproduct of it, it also sets us up down the road. It puts us in the arena of having content for future partnerships when um you know imagine a tv a tv studio um okay comes along and they're looking at these projects across the space of having these assets within them these nfts within them and they go wow here the, these tv episodes coming out each week these animated series bringing it to life and they can really then start to see stuff come to life and, and i think that's hugely powerful in so many ways but the short answer to a question is Law and storytelling is fundamental to Cryptora and right at the core of everything that we do. Amazing. Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more in terms of that whole idea of being able to create animations or short videos to really start bringing things to life. That's fundamental, as you say. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm wondering, like, where you are you inspired by any other projects in the space, you know, from that? Because I can think of like I'm a part of the 10K TF um community and the mm -hmm. the short animations they have been bringing out during their first two seasons have just been mind-blowingly good with wagmi-san and uh, and mm -hmm. the uh the kaiju and all of these different things it's been really really great fun to follow along you know mm -hmm. what what inspires you guys um short answer relatability if you don't have content out there that holders and community members can see and engage and and enjoy, it's very difficult to convey the story that you're brewing um, from within the team. Without those assets, it's really hard to bring it to life. And we started out our journey um, right at the beginning with releasing pieces of concept art okay, each week. And these were just snapshots of the world, uh, of the world of Cryptoria, looking out over the fields of, of binary code, looking into the city of Zion, the capital city of Cryptoria, one of the capital cities. So for us, the inspiration there is having that that anchor of relatability for everybody to engage with. And it makes our life harder to convey um, the direction of the project and the direction of the storyline if we don't have those assets. And it makes it harder for the community to engage with it. And even just this afternoon, a member of um, the community came into the office uh, and we were sat down and you know, we were just talking about what, what's been going on and, and the direction of the project. And one of the things um, that he said was, you know, I just love this storytelling angle that you guys are going down. You know, the, 
the game and the progression on that is great. The world you've built is great. The community is great. But I, I'm really just loving how that story is progressing. And I don't know. It's it's very clear to us and clearly to you that it's just so fundamental to the longevity of any project in this space. Yeah, totally agree. Thank you. Clemente, you were first. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I was curious about as far as the the movies or those weekly videos that you guys drop, I love it. I think it looks great. And from my experience with the 10KTF videos, they had massive amounts of resources in a studio kind of dedicated to dropping these. And it was a lot of resource to it. How, do you have a designer on your team? Do you have do you outsource this? I'm just curious the amount of resources or if it's something just the, the framework behind how you guys pump these out. Yeah, that's a really important um question actually so <clears throat> when we started out and we explored the idea of having these animated series um I, I it's safe to say our expectations were really high with what we wanted to put out we wanted to put movie quality content out and it's just not sustainable <clears throat> it's not possible for us to put that out at the moment so we had to be creative with the budget that we have and the resources that we have so how we do it is we have an incredible agency in Eastern Europe that do um, five sketches, five um, <clears throat> images that they create per um, episode. And they then animate those. They, the way When they draw them, they do them in specific layers. And, and the same team animate them and bring them to life. And they do that incredibly well. And we have a separate voiceover artist uh, who reads out the lore and the story that Alex and Tom uh, put together. And so it's it's a massive team effort and you do it can spiral out of control on cost very quickly if you aren't creative and so we did spend a bit of time just nailing down how we can make it sustainable for the long term but we're, we're really happy with the, with the end product um, to be honest awesome yeah great process thank you Bex did you still want to say something <laughs> Clemente literally stole my question <laughs> <laughs> no worries uh, I'll move on to my next one and then uh, feel free to jump back up. Um, tell us more then about, so I believe you like have a staking mechanism as well, right? And and also like a whole bunch of tech stuff going on. So, you know, it's great. Storyline is one side of thing, law narrative. Tell us a little bit about what's going on technically around the project. So this is a big motivator for Tom and I um, working right on the forefront of tech, pioneering new things is a big motivator for us. It gets us out of bed in the morning. And for us, when we when we were building um, from the ground up, we were always thinking in the back of our mind, how do we capture the spirit of the space? Okay, How do we ensure that as we're building, we're building it in line with really what Web3 is about? And we tried to do that along the way where possible and make sure we integrate it. So one of the angles we took was on the staking side, as you, as you mentioned. And traditionally, in projects where your assets, so in our case, the citizens, the land, the weapons, <clears throat> where those assets have an integral part of the corresponding ecosystem. So again, in our case, that would be a game. You've traditionally staked them by moving them from your wallet, from a holder's wallet, into the project's wallet. And, and that's kind of dressed up as hard staking, is what it's known as. Now, this for us didn't sit very well. Um, it doesn't sit very well because the owner of the asset is relinquishing control and custody of that asset to someone else's wallet. And we all know how um, unstable uh, the space can be in terms of scams. And we don't feel it's right both 
from an operational level, but also a, a kind of a moral ethical level that the assets that you own are in someone else's wallet. So we always wanted to steer away from that. And we actually mimicked um, what Moonbirds really brought to the forefront. They were, I think I'm right in saying those, those were the guys who kind of pioneered the approach. And so rather what we do is a holder will surrender their asset to the smart contract itself. It stays in your wallet. It goes through a process of staking. We just call it soft staking because it's not leaving your wallet. You surrender it to the contract. The gas is much, much less because you're not invoking a transfer of the asset. And at that point, you gain access to the ecosystem. We need to know that you want to be in there to gain access to facilities in the game and all those kind of various other parts that come to be. So you have to surrender it. But the way that we've engineered it is it never leaves your wallet, the gas charge is much less, and we think that captures the, the essence of the space better. Um, and there are some other innovations that we've done. Alex mentioned we have the ability to update traits post-mint. So all of the traits you see on the citizens, so the hair, the face, the clothing, <clears throat> the, the expressions, um, hats, armor, whatever it might be, can be updated in the future. And And this was a bit of a technical balance because there are a few ways you can go about doing it. Um, the way that we chose to do was a kind of hybrid. So everybody's metadata, so the traits that you have, is held off-chain, but <clears throat> the core asset itself, the NFT, is on-chain. And so anytime you want to make a change to your trait, you sign it off on-chain, so you get all of the security benefits, all of the transparency benefits that the that a blockchain should bring about but by having that data it's much much less you're talking one to three dollars to make those changes so there's a couple of things that, that we did awesome awesome bex go for it okay i hope, hope i've not got the same question as other people here i'm taking you a little bit away from what you've just been talking about because i've just been looking at the cryptoria uh twitter page you're teetering on thirty thousand followers there they seem highly engaged it's been quite an interesting ride on platforms like Twitter at the moment. And um, how have you kind of built this solid community and cut through the noise? Because I think a lot of people are kind of looking for that secret source and what's been working and what hasn't. And it would be good to kind of know what your sort of marketing strategy has kind of been to this point and why, why you think it's worked where others maybe hasn't worked so well. Oh, I think this is just such an important area of the space um, that doesn't always get talked about enough is how to grow that audience and not only the real audience but the perception of audience um, which i think a quite interesting distinction to take so growing the actual audience in our minds just comes down to hard work that's all it is hard work and conviction <clears throat> and showing not telling so we spent months and months on spaces talking telling people this is what we want to do this is why we are placed to do it this is what we've done before really i guess the essence of what i'm saying is it is just down to putting the time in um see the other communities but making sure that they're relevant communities there's no point us as a prospective game going to a fine art project and trying to get people excited about it because it's not that it's not the right audience so you've got to be somewhat targeted and who you're speaking with you've got to be real you've got to be genuine you've got to be spending the time doing it now the other side of that is perception of audience and this is a really interesting um one to talk about so a lot of the space historically has run on hype so as you see numbers moving up you follow is what you know it's, we've seen a lot of examples of that 
And you see projects going 5,000 followers, the next day, 10,000 followers, the next day, 20,000 followers. And everyone goes, shit, I'm, moving, I'm missing out on something. I've got FOMO. I need to get in here. Now, in actual fact, what's going, a lot of the time what's going on, not always, but a lot of the time, is I can't even count the amount of emails, uh, DMs I've got, communications I've had of people offering 5,000 Twitter followers for $50, 10,000 Twitter followers for $200, <laughs> all right? It's just, it, it literally as simple as clicking, yes, please, here's $100, and you have 10,000 Twitter followers. And so there is a distinction to be made of projects who are getting the illusion of it and the follow-on that happens from that. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's, it, you're just proving the point of authenticity in the space as opposed to quick wins that people are seeing to kind of establish themselves. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, it is all about hard work and consistency. So, yeah, it's just about reinforcing that point, which I think you've done brilliantly. So thank you. Awesome. Clemente. With that being said, as far as Twitter followers go, that, that FOMO, that idea of, of people seem to look more at what people have to say when they have more followers, when they have more likes, more retweets, whatever it might be. It's kind of the way we work. On that same note, uh, same thing kind of happens with, with NFT collections for price. And I know that's beyond the floor, but I wanted to briefly touch on like what went into uh, dropping um, the citizens and then the weapons and the land kind of back to back to back. Has that diluted the ecosystem at all? And if I'm looking to enter, is there any benefit to owning one or do I need to own all three? Yeah. So this is this is a great point, actually. Um, so on the first question, has being three collections back to back diluted it? Well, it depends kind of how you're looking at the project. So from from the angle that is we are building the number one RTS blockchain based game, you need all three assets to participate in it um, to the full extent. Now, from our perspective, the reason that it's done like that is because we want to capture the spirit again of the space and that every single piece of the world, of the gameplay, of the ecosystem is owned by the community. Everything. We do, the land, the whole of the world of Cryptoria is owned by the holders. And so I think the lens that we look at it from is we're building this game, we're building this world, we're building this, this platform for engagement and shared experiences. And we want everybody to own a piece of that. And it might, from a purely outside of the ecosystem perspective, look like, okay, it's diluted across more people and that's impacted specific floor prices of a collection. And by the way, <laughs> to be clear, I make an active point of never looking at the floor price of the project, really, because I'd go insane <laughs> if I was looking at that like every few hours going, is it going up? Is it going down? You go completely nuts. Rather, our approach is build the product, build what will be the most immersive, most engaging um, ecosystem and game on the chain is our goal, and everything else will follow. Uh, so to answer your question, what's the impact been of that quick succession? I think we've kind of demonstrated that we are able to deliver it, to keep to our word, to keep to what our targets were. and and deliver out those three collections. We've um, rewarded holders from the start because each of the subsequent collections have been free to claim for those that have um, held on to their citizens and then the land and they got the weapons. <clears throat> and so from our point of view, it's, it's kind of a slightly different approach perhaps rather than straight preserving the floor price of the core collection. 
And I think the last point to think about is um, because of what our approach is in the, at the moment we are an NFT project with a game, which will in a few weeks time flip on its head and be a game offering in environment ownership of the assets. We also have to be very conscious about barriers to entry and cost of entry for, for other prospective players over time. So it is something that, that's on our mind. And then to answer your question, what are the, the assets that you need to be part of it? Well, the Genesis collection, our citizens, will always be at the core. Um, they will always be the ones <clears throat> that stand right at the center. But you do need the land um, to earn resources. Your citizen on your land will generate resources. Um, and the weapons will help you further down the line once the game is released in a few weeks to conduct those attacks. And as part of our plans for next year, I mean, all of our citizens are currently being 3D modeled and there will be a uh, mint for that in February. But into next year, what we will start um, rolling out is the ability for holders to breed. So one male and one female will be able to have a child. Now, why is this important? Well, again, it shouldn't be for us to just do um, subsequent mints and increase the people coming to the system and to the, into the world. It's in the hands of the community. They own all of the assets of the world. And so what we will do is as we increase the audience, if we're doing our job right and that audience increases and the demand increases to come into, into the environment, the community will be in charge of increasing the supply and therefore the accessibility of the audience. Amazing. And, and I love the idea of the supply being increased by <laughs> holders having male and female citizens that <laughs> breed. I think that's incredible. That's a great idea to grow supply. Like, And so it's the... Um, it's the kind of will of the community to invite more people in. I think that's a really, really, I've not heard of anything like that. It's very, very clever. Um, it's, it's, I think it's important though. I think the decision-making, it has to be within the confines of the game and the world, because if the gestation period of the child was like a few hours, supply would just go crazy and you know the obvious effects of that. So I think we have to somewhat set the rules of the game Um but absolutely, it's for the community to, to roll that out and, and to get the rewards from that, frankly, that come with it. Yeah. And it kind of feels like one of those kind of farming simulator games as well. Like It's uh, <laughs> really interesting. Um, uh, I, um, I read your white paper. It was sent to me by uh, Lady Lumi, actually, when I was asking a bit more about the, um, about the project. It's one of the most, like, the most well-written uh white papers i've seen in the in the space and and actually you know to blow a bit more smoke um your delivery thus far with the kind of two, the main mint and then the two claims has kind of appear, appears to have gone without a hitch so talk to us about like organization operations communication like what's going on in the back of uh cryptoria that allows you guys to kind of appear well for me just feel very very organized and very very professional the team it's very very simple the incredible people in the team uh we have in the office in london there are five of us in there uh, always full-time um, the broader team all of our engineers all of uh, the developers all of those working in the community the artists those doing um, the animations everyone is incredible incredibly talented incredibly motivated and i think we we do all work really really well together 
um, incredibly well together. I've worked in a number of teams, had a few teams over the years, and, and there's a great sense of excitement in this space that everybody is behind. Now, what I would say is not everything has gone without a hitch. Um, there is always room for improvement. Okay, always, always. I, I distinctly remember, I heard Alex briefly touch on it before, I distinctly remember the mint of our first collection. I mean, it was nothing short of a disaster, if I'm being totally honest. Um, it was one of the worst professional experiences of my life. Um, fact. And I've been in some pretty um, interesting situations. But to see uh, your baby that you've been working 20 hours a day for for six, seven months, and, and, and there's a very subtle difference in um, the NFT space versus traditional businesses, I would say, <clears throat> because a traditional business, let's just, I don't know, let's choose Apple. Okay. They launch an iPhone and they then roll out their adverts. Okay. And you see them on the billboards, you see them on the TV, you see them all around the place. And they hope that over time, more and more people buy it. The thing with NFTs is you kind of do that in reverse. You actually build somewhat of a pressure cooker, okay, ahead of the mint and you get people excited and then you come to market. And so it's quite binary, the outcome. And you know very, very quickly which way it's going to go. And we came under heavy bot attack that took us down uh, one second into our mint. Simultaneously, a number of Twitter pages popped up saying Cryptoria support and Cryptoria help and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but and 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 actually, by the way, that was part of the worst part because so many of the community clicked on those links and then were you know corresponding mm -hmm. things happened. Yeah. Um, so so we've so far it's been um, it has gone pretty well. I would say we've been carefully planned. We've planned everything out since March of this year. We don't try and push too hard on the team. We just set a steady cadence of delivery every few weeks. You could say, oh, the NFT space has an attention span of a few minutes. And so therefore um, you need to do a drop uh, more frequently than we do. But our view is steady, consistent cadence, reliability, quality, and, and that will pay off over time. Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, I, uh, I totally agree and um, really, really interesting to hear your perspective. Um, you talk about like preparation and all of these things. Obviously, you, you gave us some insight into the VC backing um, that you had. Can you tell us a little bit more about the way you went about like creating the project? What did the timeline look like? I think you said like it's seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then also, you know, VC backing is, is uh, difficult when you've got like a full thing in front of you which is you've you know your your part way towards creating to 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 go vc and get that kind of funding before um before you've got like you know product and and uh, and a a, com a community um is really really impressive like how have you how did you go about that um so i would say there were two distinct parts one i've worked um at a VC, I've worked in private investments uh, for a little while over the years. So I have built up contacts in that space over the time um, and have built up a bit of a network, which has been useful. Uh, also have a bit of an understanding about how to pitch things uh, and say the right things and, and sometimes not say the right things, right? It's a learning process, but you get a bit of a feel from working there, number one. Number two, we were very lucky um, that Tom, uh, co-founder, my business partner in, in Cryptoria, his Web2 business that he founded um, just over four years ago here in the UK, it's called Adland. It's a marketplace for land. He uh, scaled that business and got it to a point 
uh, which at the end of last year, he kind of stepped away and, and, and went full time onto Cryptoria. But the investors in there were very happy with where it was going and were very happy to be involved in the next venture as well. So there was that kind of crossover where uh, he had precedence and that backing beforehand, which was a helpful step up. Um, and we could combine it a little bit with my experience. And, and that's how we managed to get the funding. Amazing. Amazing. And it's uh, it's funny, isn't it? How much, uh, you know, you say we were very lucky, but, you know, with the kind of path that you take and the connections that you make, relationships you nurture, you know, some would say that you make your own luck from that point of view. Um, so uh, credit to you guys for that. OK, long term ambition and success for Cryptoria. And then we'll invite some of the uh, audience to come up and vibe with us for, you know, 15 minutes. And then. But, yeah, I, I really want to know that. What does long term success mean for this project? Yeah, it's so we don't think in months. We think in years uh, within the team. So we have the kind of the short, the medium and the long term approach. But really, it's the long term that we're most focused on. Um, so. What we'll be doing over the next few months um, into probably the end of Q2, Q3 next year <clears throat> is that flip, right? that flip of approach from being an NFT project with a game to being in a game that allows in-game in ownership. Um, and upon completion of, of our fundraise that we're currently going through, um, so we started about three weeks ago, we've got um, some guys doing due diligence on us at the moment. And when we complete that process we'll be investing heavily into the team and we'll be expanding out the team and we'll be looking to move from what is at the moment um, an isometric view so 45 degree angle view within our world um, and where people can engage and, and play this game and it will be the most immersive most engaging blockchain game yet but it's still v1 for us and so what we'll be working towards as we expand the team is building towards v2 and and when we introduce v2 which we target as uh, probably as i say end of q2 early q3 next year that's when the sophistication will increase that's when the breeding will increase it's when we may even go down the, the line of introducing a token and all of these various areas but what does success look like to us within that and, and beyond it is to bring in that audience to help make that connection for people moving from web two to web three you know one of our one of our real guiding stars and founding principles in the team is having that integrity showing that trust that transparency that quality and because if we don't stop being a space littered by scams and rugs we're never going to get mass adoption okay you, you've got to have these teams more accountable standing up for for um, better principles in a lot of situations you know because we've seen guys at the other end of that spectrum a lot over the last year and so for us it's really working towards that that adoption of web3 bringing in the audience and and building a platform that facilitates that and and that's why there's kind of so many angles to crypto more than just uh, the kind of core gameplay amazing and and i couldn't agree with you more like this this shared responsibility that we all have yep. to ensure that mass adoption is possible. It's, it really feels like something that recently has just been, um, you know, exacerbated. And, yep. and I think we all need to hold one another accountable 
to know that we've all got the right intentions, to know that we're creating spaces and places where people are safe and uh, free to, you know, be uh, be able to communicate and to be able to um, learn more about this communi- this this technology and and do that safely. So I um, I hope I take my hat off to you. Like it's um, it's really important, and I'm so glad that you've. Uh, You've had the conviction to talk about that in this space. Really, really important well, stuff. Well, it, it's it, like it really is the backbone of, of how we kind of try and hold ourselves in the space. I personally <clears throat> am in favor. I know it's a controversial topic, but I personally am in favor of more regulation on teams, on teams and founders building out projects in the space, because only then are we going to have a, a bigger framework and more accountability. And only then do we get a better reputation to increase yeah. the audience. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a really good thing to be had there. And it could almost be that there is a, a platform or a framework or a technology that is driven through a Web3 project that just does this kind of vetting. So it doesn't it doesn't centralize the decentralized. But what it does do is it says we have a, a ways and means of being able to just validate that these people aren't douchebags yeah. and that they're going to take care of your money. And then once once we've you've got people have gone through that and that's like a nice bit of due diligence, then uh, then, you know, still continue to do your own research. But at least you can go into the process, um, you know, with your eyes open. And I think that's really, really important. So, yeah, really, really critical points here that we're all making. Um, I've got Ryla and the Magpie, and the Magpie's come up twice to help me out. So, uh, Magpie, hey, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Um, thank you so much for having the show and all that stuff. I fantastic hosting, especially through all of the rugged and stuff like that. It sounds like we need to uh, need to make sure Will's got like some sort of like really big nerdy antenna attached to his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right? How has it been? Need, like, you've been a member of the you've been a member of this from the get go, right? So you know what's it, what's it been like for you? Well, actually, I've only been here since August, like early August. So it's been like I came into a completely like self-hardened community. And then as briefly discussed, like the the very first mint had some uh, foul actors that we still minted all the way through. And that was the day where I kind of got like my battlefield promotion for just kind of doing the right thing. But also uh, keeping people understanding just that like there the the idea that there's been a free mint or a free anything in general is like ridiculous or i mean a, a smooth mint but more importantly it was a really really early opportunity to trial by fire the entire community and like when i got here in august i was bullish on the idea and then i read the white paper and realized they were all fully work history docked and i became bullish on the team and then after that first weekend when i realized that the community was here here for the long term i became bullish on them um do ben do you mind if i pitch something real quick very quick, yeah, because okay. I want to try and get a couple of people speaking, and then uh, I like to keep it around the hour mark. So yes, please. Absolutely, same. Uh, I just wanted to say I have to go right now because literally in like ten seconds I'm starting the citizens council. So thank you all for coming. Thanks for having us. And if you'd like to come talk to Victoria, come chat us there. Ben, you're always welcome. Freaking awesome hosting, man. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Magpie. Appreciate you. I think the transparency of what you guys are building at Cryptoria has been the thing that I've kind of admired from the outside looking in the most, you know, as I say, I'm a a member of the creeps community. um, And, you know, those guys have seemingly really, really enjoyed 
the experience of of being able to get involved together in another project. And I think a lot of that is down to your um, transparency. So like last question from me to you, and then um, we might wrap it in a minute. But, you know, what is how have you kind of what are your values? How have you been able to define your values and you know, push them through the project in, in terms of transparency? Like, what, what what has that looked like at your end? It, it's a really um, simple answer to that, actually. And it's just holding ourselves to a level of integrity and trust and delivering quality from the outset. When, mm. when, we, when we started out and sat down and ideated the kind of directions we were going to go down, we know I, both built businesses and being part of business we know we don't have all the answers <laughs> and to think you do have all the answers in life is just ridiculous so you have to go in with an open mind that over the the, the period that you're building you are humble enough to know when you're wrong to make changes and to listen to others and this web3 is the perfect ground for that it's the perfect arena to have those insights and the feedback from the community on your doorstep. Let me tell you, in Web2, in a business, to have the holder or on Web2, the, the, the consumer's feedback on your doorstep at every stage is invaluable. Like you, you pay money for sample groups and for, um, and for like doing these trials to get feedback and then you go and build a product and you've done it based on 50 people's opinion and often it's wrong. Web3, you have to go in with the mindset that we are building together. And from the start, that has always been the cornerstone of us, building together. And we don't know all the answers and we will, will make changes with people and with the community along the way. But you've just got to sit back and you've got to go, I'm humble enough to, to acknowledge that and to understand that. And we, so long as we hold ourselves to an account of transparency and we're honest, I, I can't tell everybody exactly what we're building and it's going to be announced over the next few weeks, like that level of honesty, because then we'll have nothing to announce in a few weeks time. Right. So you, <laughs> have to, you have to play the balance. But in terms of how we conduct ourselves and how we build, we will always be honest and open um, in what we do and work together. I think that's awesome. I'm going to invite Lady Lumi just to come up as a member of the uh, Cryptoria community. Uh, Lady Lumi, I don't know if there was a question that you had or wanted to say uh, for Will before I uh, close the space. Um, is it okay if I have like a comment instead of a question? Uh, absolutely, of course it is. Well, something that I really like about um, Will and Thomas and their team and the project is goes right along with what he's saying, but um, they've had quite a few bumps in the road that are entirely not their fault. And the way they've handled it makes me trust and respect them a lot for, for Web3. Um, from the mint to you know any like from that being botted from just all the different little delays that literally no one else you know we don't mind at all I've never been in a community where the community is like it's okay like don't worry like it's very clear to me that they hold themselves to a standard and when they're unable to meet it due to something that's unforeseen they they feel worse you know than the community does and they're just so humble about a lot of things and they take everyone's ideas i've never been a part of um a community that's heavily in with gaming or like made up of gamers because i'm not that person but i'm 
loving the project anyway it does have something for me whether it's like aesthetics and the art or even just the strategic sort of thing and so I really appreciate how they've created a space that no matter what you're particularly interested in uh, there's a space for you and they they want you to feel that and so I love that authenticity and I hope we start to see a lot more of that in web3 moving forward I agree I agree that's great it's a great comment lady Lumi thank you so much for coming up we're it's been great speaking with you i think the project sounds fantastic um i know a lot of my friends are really interested in it i'm definitely going to look into it a bit closer myself um but yeah that just leaves me to say thank you to you will thank you to uh chili and beck and uh yeah um best of luck everyone have a wonderful evening g m g m thank you ben